It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only, call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 931 381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And welcome into the Virtual Bible Study. We're glad you're part of it tonight. This is the Virtual Bible Study and it is August 21st, 2008 and you're live on the program on this Thursday night and we do look forward to your participation in the program you participate in the program by dialing uh, 877-381-4567 or by emailing your questions or comments to questions at collegeview.com. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is away tonight uh, preaching in Michigan. And uh, joining me in the studio in his absence are three men from the congregation at, here at College View. We are glad that they're with us tonight uh, across the table from me. Uh, if you're looking on the live uh, video feed tonight, you see the back of his head. That's Monty Overton. Monty, welcome to the program. Welcome back to the program. Well, thank you, Jacob. It's good to be here tonight. It's good to be with you. And uh, to my right, uh, Bob Tidwell is here. Bob, welcome back to you as well. Thank it's you for coming good. tonight. It's good to be here with you. And also to my right, Britt Haynes is here. Hello, Britt. Welcome back to the program. Thanks, Jacob. I think I it's been the longest you've been here, is, is the longest time between times that uh, you have been here. It's been a while since you've been here. Yes, it has. Good to have you back. Thank well, you. we want to talk about an important subject on the program tonight, and uh, we're only going to talk to 50% of our audience tonight. We want to talk about men on the program. It is uh, clear in the world that we live in that men are under attack. Uh, You look at uh, the media and you look at television programs uh, today, and uh, I think a common theme in in the television programs that we see are that men are somewhat foolish, ignorant. Uh, They're not much uh, more advanced than some type of uh, wild animal, just sit around and grunt all day and um, they're just in the way, Monty, and and what is how men are portrayed on television today. You know, uh, seemed like when I was growing up and you watched TV, they were men that would you that you would see on TV shows that could be real role models, and you thought of them as manly men. Uh, an example to me is, is John Wayne. You know, nobody ever thought about him being weak or effeminate or a sissy or anything. But today, when you on the rare occasions that I happen to be where TV's at, where I can watch it, I don't see men on there that are the leadership kind of person that you would think of in those older movies that we used to watch, uh, the men that you see there, the what they typically, like you say, portray them to be bumbling idiots, uh, and the wife is only marginally better, but she's ahead of the husband, and they usually portray the kids as being the intelligent ones in the family, and I think uh, our modern media is portraying the family the actually the, exactly backwards of what it ought to be. Exactly right. It's and uh, same in commercials and on the radio and things like that. Men are attacked. And uh, that may be the result of uh, societal movements as well. Feminism, Bob, has uh, told us that men aren't necessary, that women can do everything that a man can do, and there's really no need for men. Men have become obsoleted in our society because of uh, maybe some societal movements as well. Well, I think we see that evidence in the workforce where you've got men and women working together and also kind of the, the competition of, you know, positions of authority and so forth where jobs may open up 
for someone to fill that role. So you've got not only men trying for that position, but you've got women doing that also. And we're getting away in our society from what the role is for men and women. We're, we're competing against each other in a vast world of technology and getting further away from God and his standard for each role. And the woman's becoming more or less the homekeeper, as God would have it. And man is not taking the headship as they ought. And um, society is basically uh, bringing that about through the media. And we're being constantly bombarded with this. And it's time for us to start opening our Bibles and to understand what our role are our role is as men and women all right we do need to understand that and tonight on the program we want to look to that and the number to call to be a part of the program with your thoughts or your comments or questions is 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com you know regardless of what the media is doing and what society is doing with the the social movements it is a fact that men are failing to assume their position that god has uh, given them in his word we look at the statistics. Men are failing to be fathers, Bob. Uh, we look at the number of children that are born outside of marriage. 36.9%, almost 40% of children today, one out of four, I mean, four out of 10, are born without a father in the family, without uh, uh, being born to a married man and wife. And uh, certainly shows us that men aren't assuming their role as fathers as they should. And not only are they not doing that, men aren't assuming their role as husbands, as they should. Uh, they say that uh, the divorce rate is as high as 50% in the United States. And so men aren't fulfilling their role as, as husbands as either. Their uh, divorce is going on uh, rampant throughout our country. Well, not only is there divorce, but we're also seeing a trend now in society that young people are, are getting in the, the, the notion that if we live together to see how, whether or not we're compatible or not, then maybe down the road we'll get married. Well, see, that's going against the marriage union as we see it from the very beginning. And you've got people living in sin, what we might call fornication. And so they're skipping totally the role that God intended man and woman to be together as one, and they're not fulfilling that role as they ought to be. Exactly right. And so we see that the role of men is constantly under attack in our society. Men aren't being the fathers they should be. They're not being the husbands they should be. And they're not being the religious leaders that they should be either. We look at the statistics on religion as well. And we notice that uh, that women are far, in a way, more interested in spiritual things as a whole than men are. In a typical U.S. congregation across uh, all of the religious world in the United States, a typical crowd will be 61% female, 39% male. Um, shows us, uh, Monty, something that we had an indication of already, that men are less spiritually minded than women, uh, showing us again that men aren't assuming the role they should assume. You know, I think men tend to just blunder through life or just charge through life. They Sometimes they don't have the, the uh, thought process, I guess, in order to really plan ahead. And they're not looking out or toward the future far enough and seeing the eternal consequences of the way they're acting and the things that are doing. And I think maybe sometimes females uh, tend to focus more on things like that. And it must be the case because the statistics are telling us that there's roughly two-thirds of the 
congregations that we would go to would be women. All right. And on any given Sunday, the statistics also show us that 25% of married women attend worship services without their husbands. Again, showing us that men are failing to be the spiritual leaders of their household. Men are failing that. Again, men are under attack, but men are not living up to their role that God has given them. What do you think? 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. What do you think about uh, the state of the role of men in our society? We want to hear from you on the program tonight. And you can join in on the discussion at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We sent out a couple of poll questions today to our update list, and I composed those questions in my father's absence, and he uh, he gets much better response to his questions than I do to mine. But let me tell you the two questions for you to consider, and you can still join in on those questions tonight. Number one, ask a question for men to consider on the program tonight. What is the most difficult part of fulfilling your role as a man, and what are some biblical principles to follow that will assist you in being the man that God desires? So uh, uh, the men listening tonight, we would ask you, what is the most difficult part of your role as a man, and how can you look to the Bible for help in fulfilling that role that God has given you? That's the question for the men tonight, and the question for the women is, what can we say that a husband should know about his wife. In the first Peter chapter three, verse seven, we read the instruction that husbands are to dwell with their wives according to knowledge. What are some things a husband needs to know and understand about his wife in order to fulfill this commandment? So the question to the women tonight is what does a husband need to know about his wife in order to fulfill the commandment of first Peter chapter three, verse seven, that we are to dwell with them according to knowledge. Those are two questions for your consideration tonight, and we do hope you will join in on the discussion at 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. You know, Jacob, I think when we think about the relationships between men and women, I think one of the problems or one of the things that I've noticed is that especially among Christian women, now women of the world are probably not uh, going to be so much this way because the women of the world have a lot of times are wrapped up in this feminist movement like we've talked about, and they think they're as smart as any man, and they may be, and that they don't need a man to tell them what to do or, or whatever. But God has decided that the man is to be the head of the family. And uh, a lot of times when we read about these things in the Bible and uh, preachers preach about it, we seem to get a whole lot of information given to us that, you know, we tend to get that preached. And I think the women get to hear that quite often, that she's to be in submission, the husband's to be the head of the house. But I don't think Christian women typically mind that. I think most of them would really enjoy for the man to be the head of the house. But the problem we run into is that for some reason or another, men don't understand what that being of the head of the house means. I think we think we're going to make all the decisions and we're going to be tyrants and rule over our house with an iron fist. And, you know, if the wife disagrees, we'll whip out our Bible and slap that verse out in front of her. Then you got to submit. I'm the head of the house. God said so. And the women understand that, I believe. Christian women, for the most part, I believe, understand that. But the problem being, I don't believe that the husbands understand what it means to be the head of the family. All right. Well, let's go over that quickly. And uh, this is not a chauvinistic concept. In fact, it's exactly the opposite of that. If we follow the principles that God has given us about being leaders uh, that we should be. In Genesis chapter 3, Bob will go all the way back to the Garden of Eden. We see where this principle was instituted after Adam and Eve sinned. 
In Genesis chapter 3, verse 16, unto the woman he said, and this being God, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy, con- conce- and thy conce- uh, conception. In sorrow shalt thou bring forth children, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, and he shall rule over thee. And so back there, Bob, in Genesis chapter 3, we see that uh, the instruction was that men are going to be over their wives and uh that is a principle that goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. That's correct, and that's uh, something that God expects even today. Uh, when you look at one of the qualifications of an elder to fulfill the role of overseeing the flock with other men who are qualified, they're to be able to, be able to rule their household well. That's not only including being a decision maker, but having the role of a, a great leader. And I think that's one of the qualifications of one being a good headship in the family unit is that uh, he is a good leader. Um, and to do that, you've got to set forth certain examples. And, again, those examples should stem from an, uh, an individual who's willing to submit or to heed to the will of God. All right. Let's go. We'll talk some more about that. There's lots of things we need to talk about that as we talk about uh, how a man is to be the head of the household. Well, let's go on the, over to the phones and go over to Cookville, Tennessee, and welcome Mark to the virtual Bible study. Mark, welcome to the program. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Uh, earlier you were talking about the media and the, the statistic that's actually reported a lot and pretty much ingrained in our society now that 50% of the uh, marriages end in divorce. And there was a book that was put out as over... 15 years ago now by uh, a writer and a commentator, Michael Medved, called Hollywood versus America. And he has a real interesting point that he makes in the book about this statistic. Uh, I don't want to read the whole book to you, but um, he said that, that this statistic is basically wrong. Um, there was uh, someone who did a book uh, called Inside America, and uh, I can't remember the guy's name here. It doesn't show it. His name, Lewis Harris is his name. He's a pollster, the one who takes polls all the time. And he reported that the the numbers show that only 10, 10% of all ever married men and 13% of all ever married women have ever been divorced. And he concluded that and this in turn means that almost 90% of all marriages survive. And it said basically that this, this statistic of about 50% came from uh, some divorce statistics that were taken in 1981, which said that that year the number of divorces hit an all-time high record of uh, 1.2 million, uh, 1,213,000 1, 1, is what it says in the book here. And that marriages that year totaled around 2,422,000. So commentators eagerly jumped on the conclusion that half of all marriages were bound to fail. And he makes the point, of course, that the logic in this is utterly lacking. Imagine the numbers of divorces had risen even higher. Say that there have been 2.4 million divorces and 2.4 million marriages. Does that mean that 100% of the marriages were doomed to failure? Well, of course not. But you can't calculate the divorce rate by comparing the number of marriages in one year uh, to the number of divorces in a single year because there's a lot more marriages that are being divorced uh, that happen year over year over year uh, as opposed to, you know, just one single year are all these people that got, you know, 50% of the people that got married that one year got divorced, which isn't correct. So uh, that statistic gets reported a lot, and and, uh, I like the way he puts it in this book here that basically there's a 90% survival rate of marriages as opposed to a 50% divorce rate. So, Well, interesting point there, Mark, but I think you'd still agree that divorces 
are on a rise appear, apparently in our society and that uh, there's far too much divorce in our society oh, r- yes, regardless absolutely. of the percentage. Oh yes, absolutely. And, and it but I think that they take the statistic and use it to justify things that that TV shows and things like that to uh you know back to Hollywood and and these type of media things and even advertisers are really bad about this too if you look at most advertising uh you'll see the father or you know a, a husbandless uh family or a fatherless family um, and those types of things are being portrayed there when in reality you know 90% of the homes uh typically have a husband and a wife present in those homes uh as opposed to uh, uh as as opposed to rather not those that are married that is of course there's many who live together and aren't married and of course that's another problem as well certainly so well mark thank you for uh, listening over there in cookville tonight and thank you for your comments thank you all right Bye. all right the number to call is 877-381-4567 questions at collegeview.com we do appreciate mark for joining in on the discussion tonight we're going to take a break and give you time to be a part of the program you can call 877-381-4567 or email questions at collegeview.com give us a call or send us an email right back now we'll be right back after this are you listening there's going to be a test on this stuff stay tuned the virtual bible study will be right back after this i'm greg Gwynn, a host of the virtual bible study thanks for joining us for tonight's program the virtual bible study is presented weekly by the college view church of christ in columbia tennessee each week on the virtual bible study we simply engage in the study of god's word in an effort to better understand it better understand how god views us and better understand what he wants from us in our lives we're not studying any creeds we're not studying any books written by men we're just studying the bible and we're trying to study the bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in we're only interested in what our creator has revealed to us in his word we realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps as a result what we think or feel doesn't really matter all that matters is what god has said so that's what the virtual bible study is all about it's pretty simple isn't it thanks again for joining us tonight and we'll hope you'll make plans to join us every thursday night for the virtual bible study i am nestor sanchez from arica chile in south america and i love to listen to the virtual bible study and this moment i invite you to participate in this program too gracias Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. And welcome back into the virtual Bible study tonight. Thank you again for being a part of it, and we look forward to your participation. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. As we talk about the role of men, we began a discussion about the fact that a man is to be ahead of his wife. Bob, that goes back to the Garden of Eden. It's repeated in the New Testament. It's very clear that the man is to be ahead of his wife. And uh, we talked about the fact that uh, that there's a lot of responsibility with that. And Ephesians chapter 5 really gets into the standard that we have to follow as we are the head of the house. And that standard being the relationship of Christ to his church. If you would read Ephesians chapter 5, there, 22 through 33, and uh, let's look at what, uh, what we're told there, Bob. Okay. It says, Wives, submit yourselves unto your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, as the church is subject unto Christ, so let the wives be to their own husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word that he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. 
so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. For no man ever yet hated his own flesh, but nourisheth it and cherisheth it, even as the Lord, the church. So we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and join, and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. This is a, a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular so love his wife even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence her husband. What do you see there, Bob, in that passage, so the standard that, uh, that we need to be following as we lead our families? I, I think it's a parallel of, of the love that Christ has shown to the bride of Christ, which we are a part of as we've been submissive to the word. It is a unique union. There's no other union like it in this world. It's uh, a man and a woman joined together with God in that union. And like I said, there's no other union like it. And uh, in fact, my wife's my best friend. You know, I can put my confidence in her and the things that I tell her, I might not tell anybody else. And that's that bond that we have. But uh, it goes far beyond just being one flesh in the physical sense. It's every aspect of what man is what God has made man. And that's what's important about it. And that's why men, if they follow the role that God intended them to, to follow, would cherish that union instead of trying to destroy it. Exactly right. Wade, as we look at uh, the relationship here that's shown, the parallel between Christ and his church is the is the pattern for the relationship between a man and his wife. Christ is the head of the church, and the church is in to, to be in submission to Christ. But as Christ is the head of the church, he leads the church in the ways that are beneficial for the church, loving the church with every uh, decision that is made and with every rule that is set forth. And the same is true for the relationship between the man and his wife. The man is to be the head of the wife. She is to be in submission to him, but he is looking out for her best interest and making those uh, leadership decisions out of love all the time, not out of selfishness, as is easy to be done if men aren't careful. You know, I think what we have to remember when it's talking about how Jesus loved the church and gave himself for it, and typically when we think about that, we're thinking about the death that he made and the sacrifice that he made for us on that. But what we have to really remember is before Jesus died for us, he also lived for us. Uh, and in doing that, he, he sacrificed not just his life on the cross, but he sacrificed his wants or desires or preferences for our well-being. Uh I'm sure if it was just what he wanted, he would have preferred to stay in heaven and not have to come here and be a human being. His desire would have been to stay there in the presence of God and being with God. Uh, his desire wouldn't have been to have been come in a, and live in a fail, frail human body and to have to go through the things and the trials and tribulations that we do. That wouldn't have been his preference. And so if we're following Jesus' example, uh, a lot of people would say, well, I would die for my wife. Well, you know, I feel like most of us would. We'd be willing to stand up and uh, defend her and die in doing that. But quite often it's more difficult to live the way we should than it is to die the way we should. So we need to think about that. Uh, for our families, we, we need to be sacrificing our wants or desires or our preferences in order to be the leader that we should be. Uh, years ago when I was working with a, a network marketing program, one of the things one of the leaders in that program told us is that if you help enough people get what they want, you'll get what you want. 
And I think we need to go about that with our attitude toward our families and especially our wives. We need to help provide for their needs, and we help them often enough get what their needs are and provide for them properly, then our needs will be met also in that process. And so I think we need to go about living for our, for our families rather than thinking about just sacrificing ourselves like possibly having to die for them. We need to live for them, just in that same example that Jesus did for us. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Please join in on the discussion tonight. Britt, as we think about uh, being the head of the family, though, that doesn't mean that our wife is our servant. Instead, it is being the leader that we should be to our family means that we get to be a servant to our wife. Yes, and and, uh, and and that's and that's what we need to be following. If the man truly loves his wife, he'll also use her strengths, and he'll value her opinion, and and a wise man will do that with his wife. That's something we need to talk about uh, in the in the process of being the leader of the house, uh, Bob. It certainly is uh, scriptural to get the wife's input. To uh, consult with her and get her advice and uh, and and assistance, you're not sacrificing your leadership in doing that, but it is a scriptural practice. I think we go back to Genesis chapter 31 and see where Jacob consulted with Rachel and Leah about dealing with his father-in-law, and I think the the same would be uh, acceptable today. We're not sacrificing our role as leader, but certainly it would be acceptable to get the woman's uh, uh, thinking on a certain subject to know her needs. And uh, and what is important to her, so that we can make the proper decision as leaders. Well, I think that's 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 true because well, one of the things that break down the family unit is the incompatibility or the lack of communication. Uh, a lot of times, when there are homes that are being broken, you hear a lot that uh, it's because there's no communication in in that unit. The, head, the husband is not showing leadership but not communicating. And if you don't know what your wife needs uh, by not communicating, there's, there's no leadership. You can't get what she needs until you know that. Right. Yeah. And so there's got to be that feedback uh, with the whole family unit, All especially right. with your wife. But there, we've known of husbands who didn't think that they should listen to anything their wife said, that they were just going to be the ruler, and what they said went, money, and uh, take it or leave it. You know, in Genesis chapter 2, the Bible tells us that when God created Eve, he created her to be a helper for Adam. It says a helper comparable to him in the New King James Version. Well, God understood that we needed help, that it wasn't. He said it wasn't good that man should live alone. So he knew that we needed a helper, that we wasn't sufficient to get through this life by ourselves in the way that he would have us to do it. So he made someone to help us. And so what that tells me is that I need to realize that I'm not all sufficient and I need help on things, and God provided me with that helper. Well, if I'm going to receive the help from my wife that I'm supposed to, then for one thing, I need to talk to her about what's going on in my life, what the maybe at work or other things that's going on, what decisions that I feel like is needing to be made, just like we've just talked about, uh, Jacob consulting with Rachel and Leah. I need to tell my wife these things because what we need to realize is, men, is my wife is not like me. I mean, I should be able to just look at her for one thing and recognize that she don't look like I do. And I also, we've, we, we hear people, we appreciate yeah, that too. We all do that. <laughs> um, but what we also need to realize, we, we hear people talk about women and uh, men talk about women and say, I just don't understand women. Well, we can also realize that a woman doesn't think like a man does. Her thought processes, her point of view is different. 
And so what we need to understand is that we're looking at one something from our standpoint and our point of view, while our wife has a different point of view that she's looking at it. And so we can get a balance. The wife is to balance us out and keep us to hopefully from just charging like a bull through a china shop through our lives, but to help us to make decisions in a more balanced way. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Our question tonight for the men to consider was, what is the most difficult thing in your role as a man? What is the most difficult part of that, and how can you look to the Bible? What are some biblical principles to follow? And Mark in Cookville, who we spoke with on the phone a few minutes ago, has answered our question. He says, the most difficult part in fulfilling my role as a man is the lack of good Christian role models. As you mentioned, today's modern entertainment, books, TVs, movies, etc., has poor examples of husbands and or fathers. If the husband or father is even present, they are typically beer-drinking, self-centered, clueless idiots who have, uh, or clueless adults who have no, totally no control of their homes. Unfortunately, the church seems to have few men who can be looked up as good Christian examples for young men to emulate. This is demonstrated by how difficult it is in most congregations to find qualified men to be elders. It is always valuable to learn from the mistakes of others, but even an even better way to learn is to see the right way to be a husband and father. And I think those are valid points uh, that Mark makes. Um, Bob, you, we've known uh, many congregations who cannot have elders because the men haven't assumed their role that God has given them, and therefore they're unqualified to lead the church because they can't lead their home. That's correct, and that's that's a sad state of affairs because it's breaking down what God has structured for the church to be. Uh, when men do not apply themselves in the Scripture and live according to it, you cannot be the kind of individual in a family unit or any other relationship that matter when we refuse to allow ourselves to be compliant with the will of God you're going to always have troubles in whatever relationship that might be. All right. Mark goes on and gives us biblical principles to follow he, uh, to help us as we assume our role as men. He says to pray. He references Luke 16, 12, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 17. Bible study, both public and private, 2 Timothy 2, 15, and Ephesians, or Philippians 4, 8. He says, let every man to be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. James chapter 1, verse 19, certainly important as we think about leading a family. Not provoking the children to anger, references Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4, and references 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, which we've referenced. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, of giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers may not be hindered. And then he references 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 8, and Ephesians chapter 4, verse 28, where he says we should provide our own. So we do appreciate Mark for his comments, and we look forward to your comments as well. 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Time for another short break, and we'll be right back on the other side. These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Hi, I'm Wade Shelton. In 1 Peter 3.15, the scripture says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. You see, we believe here at College View that we should be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh. And I believe that we are dedicated to this cause. That's why we here at College View bring you the virtual Bible study each week. 
Our hope is that you will join us each week here on the Virtual Bible Study in hopes of strengthening your faith so that you will be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you. Please join us here every Thursday night on the Virtual Bible Study. I know that it's worth an hour of your time. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the Virtual Bible Study. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And welcome back into the Virtual Bible Study tonight. We are glad that you're here, and we hope that you will join in our discussion as we talk about men on the program tonight. Wade in Summertown, Tennessee, or Hampshire, Tennessee, actually, has says, uh, I can say this, sometimes the difficulty of your role is determined by the choice you make of your spouse. If you have a spouse that has the same values and ideas about how a home should be, then your task won't be as difficult. When you don't consider these ideas when choosing a spouse, your task will be much more complicated. I know people who have taken that path, and they wished a thousand times that they had made a better choice. And certainly is a valid observation there, uh, Britt. We need to think about that. Uh, those who are not married need to think, can I rule this house the way that I should if I marry this woman? The woman as well needs to think, uh, can I be in subjection to this man? Uh, those are things that are important because we've got to have that relationship in order to be patterning our home after God's pattern. Be careful who you marry. Exactly right. You're not speaking after experience, but you, you just, you've just you observed that, right? We want yes. to be careful of that in case your wife's listening. You're not saying. <laughs> okay. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Certainly, the man has to be the head of the family, and he has to be the kind of father that he should be as well, Monty. Um, that's important, and a lot of fathers are letting that down on the job. Uh, we looked at that statistic of the number of children who are born to unwed mothers. Certainly fathers aren't assuming their role that God has given them. You know, the Bible tells us that we're to, in Ephesians 6, verse 4, says we're not to provoke our children to wrath, but we're to bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Uh, we understand, I believe, about what it means about not provoking our children to wrath, but quite often we don't understand adequately our job about bringing them up in the nurture and admonition of the lord our children don't just they're not just born uh knowing how to be good children or how to be good people we have to teach them that and one of the problems we have there is we don't know how to teach uh if we'll go back and study in the old testament in the law of moses god tells us how to teach our children he tells us to talk to them and he talks about when to do that from the time we get up in the morning until the time we go to bed at night. We're to do it in the morning. We're to do it throughout the day, the day as we work. We're to do it when we sit down at our meals. And that's a problem we have that just like we don't communicate well with our wives, uh, we don't communicate well with our children. We're not teaching them adequate like we ought to. And he also talks about correcting them. Uh, and if, as we read through the book of Proverbs, it refers to beating them with a rod. So we understand that sometimes they have to be physically punished for their misbehavior. But that's to be done out of an attitude of love so that we can teach them how to be good people and help them to avoid many of the troubles that they would have in our life. But one of the problems we run into as a father quite often is that we're not there to do that. Uh, we get so absorbed with making money or the other things that we want to do that uh, we're not adequately, we're not being there to do the job that God's given us as that head of the house and as the father. I know back when I first got married, I was thinking about this this week and uh, looking at at myself and the amount of time that I wasn't there for my wife. Uh, when I got married, I was taking Taekwondo lessons two nights a week. I was selling insurance one or two nights a week. Besides that, I worked six days a week. And then we was at church on Sunday morning and night and Wednesday night. 
Uh, plus, I had hobbies that I liked to do. I liked to hunt and fish and other kinds of recreation. I had chores to do around the house. And so what it boiled down to, I was gone all the time. and didn't have any time for Tina. You were doing what you wanted to do. I was doing what I wanted to do rather than what I should have been doing. And that's uh, the Bible talks about when we get married, we're to leave our father and mother and cleave to our wife. Uh, I hadn't done a good job of that leaving and cleaving. I, have, I had I wasn't living in their house anymore, but, you know, I wasn't living with my wife and dwelling with her with understanding like I was supposed to be doing. All right. Certainly we have to be the fathers that we should be. The instruction is, you fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 4. I don't see any optional wording there, Bob. God's told men to be fathers and bring up their children as they should in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. It's pretty clear cut. And you see it's directed to the fathers. And sometimes I think the fathers are more inclined to let the mothers do the rearing, especially in regards to spiritual things. I, I don't see any instructions on the contrary, though, Britt, that, uh, uh, the, where the Bible says you fathers excel in your career. Climb the career ladder. Or you fathers make sure you kill a 10-point buck every winter when the hunting season comes around. No. Or you fathers make sure that uh, you have provided a big house and a nice automobile for your family to to ride to ride in. First things first. Uh, okay, certainly so. And so we need to remember our obligation as fathers, as men as well. And then our obligation to be husbands, uh, Monty, is very clear as well, to love our wives as we should. Um, easier said than done. Not because our wives aren't deserving of that love, but because we're imperfect as as husbands uh, and, and showing that love to our, our wives sometimes. You know, I heard someone talking one time, and he was counseling a couple that were considering divorce. They were having marital difficulty, and this was a, a preacher friend of mine. And um, the husband said, well, I just don't love my wife anymore. You know, he was using that to justify uh, his wanting to get a divorce from her. And the preacher looked at him and said, well, there's your first sin. Because the Bible commands us as husbands to love our wives. That's not an optional thing. And so if it's something that can be commanded, it has to, it's got to do with our attitude. It's not this gooey feeling that we had when it we first does, met them. It doesn't them. just happen. It doesn't just happen. It's a command. It's a command. So that's an attitude that we have to develop toward our wives. And, it, and you know, if we don't do it, it's a sin. And there's no way around that because we're commanded to love our wives. It says in Colossians 3.19, husband loves your love your wives and be not bitter against them. So that's what we have to do. So we need to develop a loving attitude toward our wives. And we can't do that if we're away from them all the time. We need to spend time with them uh, and apply ourselves to dwelling with them with understanding. You know, that phrase, dwell with them with understanding, is a just a short phrase with a huge con- connotations to it that, you know, and implications that we've got to put some effort into this because we're not born understanding what it is to be a wife and, and to know how they look and feel about certain things. So we've got to spend time with them and apply ourselves to learning and understanding them so that we can love them as God would I have like us to. I like what you said, though, about love, though. It's a command. It's not just something that happens. If she, if she behaves a certain way, then I'll love her. No, it's a command for you to love your wife. And so we've got to be making sure that we're doing that. I appreciate you bringing out that point. And uh, furthermore, we see that a man is to be a provider for his family, and that's something that uh, some men in our society have a problem with, Bob, is that uh, they're not interested in earning a living. They would rather sit at home and maybe let their wife go out and earn a living or let the government provide for their needs or let someone else take care of them. But a man is to provide for his own, and if he won't do that, uh, then there are going to be some serious consequences to pay. 
Well, that's correct, and it's it's quite evident in uh, our society today. There's too many single parent arrangements out in society, and usually the single parent is the mother trying to provide for the children, and then the one who is to take care of that need as fathers and husbands is not taking care of what they're supposed to. They're taking care of me, myself, and I. That syndrome is still out there, and we need to try to do what we can to remedy that problem uh, of selfishness, and that's what it boils down to. First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, But if any provide not for his own, and especially those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. And there are men who have denied the faith and are worse than an infidel because they're not providing for their home, and we need to be doing that. Along those lines, we have two questions. One comes from Pennsylvania tonight. It says, First Timothy chapter 5, verse 8 says, Provide for the family if you have one. The question is, if a woman works full-time prior, prior to having children while the man is a full-time student in school, is there anything wrong with this? And then a similar question comes from Indiana tonight, where we read, since I am recently retired and my wife is still working, is this wrong? A lot of men have been waiting a long time for this day to come. I will be getting a job of some kind to keep me busy but some look at this as the wife supporting the man. Since men plan for this event in their life and make arrangements to have income after retirement, does this change the role of the man in the home? Eventually, my wife will be retired also. So what does that do to the man's position? So what about that? What would you say, Monty, if um, a man is engaged in educational pursuits and the woman is working and helping to make ends meet during that time, or if a man is retired and his wife is still working, do we have a problem there? Well, when we think of retirement, most of the time we think of that as being an age thing. But actually, in order to be retired, the proper way to think about that would be having enough money that you didn't have to work anymore. Uh, So if the man has, throughout his life, provided a sufficient income that they were able to save to where he no longer had to have that job, he has provided for the home in that respect. Uh, when, when we think about a woman working, uh, I don't believe that it's wrong for her to do that because when we look in Proverbs chapter 31 at that virtuous woman there, there was various endeavors that she went about in order to provide an income for her family. It even talks about buying and selling property. But we have to understand that the woman's first place is to be the keeper at home. So if she can work and still maintain that first responsibility that's given her, then she would be similar to that woman in Proverbs 31. So I don't think it's wrong for her to have a job, but she needs to understand that the home has to be provided. Her The, the keeper at home is her first job and should be her first priority. So a person who's retired could still be providing for his own by the arrangements he's made and by the uh, things he's put in place. Mm-hmm. I, but, I believe that would prior. be the case. All right. What about the man who's in school, Bob? What would you say about that? A man who is in school pursuing educational pursuits and uh, his wife is helping make ends meet during that time. What about that? Would you think that's scriptural? Well, it could probably depend on the circumstances involved and the reasoning behind why he's going to school and, and she's making that living for him at the time. You know, is his pursuit uh, in order to down the road be a sufficient provider. So you'd and, say while he's in school, he is in effect providing for his family. He's working towards that goal. It could be. I mean, like he I just said, hasn't seen the he hasn't seen the payment on it yet, but he's making that investment. And then there are some people who are full time students that never really get out. Seem to want to work. They just want to study all the time and 
get the knowledge but not to apply it. Okay. So it may depend on the circumstance, what they're trying to do in that family unit. Okay. All right. Appreciate those answers. Bridge, you have any comments? You're in agreement. Okay. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We've got several questions to take on the other side of the break, and we're looking forward to taking your question or comment. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. We'll go to the top of the hour talking about the role of men right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock, it's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. And welcome back to the program. We hope none of our listeners are running for the drama mean tonight after watching the video. Uh, it's been a little bit shaky, and we were in a different uh, configuration tonight with our guests so that we can maybe get more of them in the screen. Uh, but uh, we do appreciate you listening to the program tonight. And we do look forward to your participation. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. One more point. And we've got several comments that we need to take that have come in over email. Is that a man is to be the spiritual leader of his household. And I like what is said about uh, Abraham in Genesis chapter 18, verse 19. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. And they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Abraham was a man who was reliable, Monty. He was going to lead his house spiritually. And we need men in this society that we live in today and in the church who are going to be spiritual leaders of their household. You know, Abraham had made a commitment to God, and God, because of that, had made certain promises to him. But that commitment, part of Abraham's commitment, was that he was going to raise his household or command his household and that they were going to follow God. Kind of reminds me of Joshua when he made the statement that, you know, you can choose telling the children of Israel, you can choose to serve whoever you want to, but as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. There are a lot of men today who would say, you can do what you want to, but I'll serve the Lord, and my kids can make up their own mind, and I don't know about my wife, but I'm going to serve the Lord. No, Joshua said, my house is going to serve the Lord, and he was going to see to it. You know, part of it, that being a spiritual leader for the household has to do with uh, adequate study time. You know, if our, if our household, if our children have never seen us read the Bible, then we're not being a good spiritual leader. We have to lead by example. Just like we talked about earlier, Jesus led by example. The things he commanded us to do, he, he'd also done them himself, and he did them first. 
so that we can see that we, as husbands, and we're to be the leaders in our households, and that especially is important as being spiritual leaders, because nothing else really matters in this life except that we get our spiritual lives right so that we can have that home in heaven. All right, to the inbox we go, and Stephen in Pennsylvania says, Leadership roles in the church can be stressful. However, whatever we do, we should do it with joy, as the things we do are a blessing from God, even that he allows us to serve him. And so Stephen makes a comment that we may have difficult things that we have to do as men in in our leadership roles, but those are a blessing from God, and we should take those roles and be thankful for them. Nick in Florida says that in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 7, again, he references that passage, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor to the wife as unto the weaker vessel, as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. He says a difficult task is, quote, dwelling with them according to knowledge. The realization of the wife being a weaker vessel is a lifelong, constant effort, and husbands, he says, me included, need to be understanding, sympathetic, and learn to demonstrate that they honor our wives. Without forgetting our responsibility to be the head, not a tyrant or dictator, we need to understand that when she is hurting, she needs my shoulder, not my mouth. If she is hurting, answer feeling with feeling. He says, I am still learning that I need to tell her how much I love and appreciate her. And so we appreciate those comments from Nick. And uh, as we deal with our wives according to knowledge, uh, Bob, uh, we need to understand how we can be of assistance to them. That's correct. And that's uh, like he says, it's a life long commitment uh, when we made those i do's that that's something that uh, we need to stand by because again god is in that union with us and when god joins the two people together he says by no means let no man separate and it takes a lifetime commitment to be the kind of husband and wife we're to be and especially in our role to understand our wives we we need to uh make every effort to be diligent in our relationship to them that we may understand them. All right. Jack Coleman, also in Hampshire, Tennessee, tonight, emails in, what is the most difficult part of fulfilling my role? Leading the family in spiritual discussion and diligent study is a difficulty I experience. God, God's Word teaches men to bring their children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord in Ephesians chapter 6. I need to focus on God's word to learn what I should. I can read in Psalm 119, verse, verses 9 through 16, how this should be accomplished. And he references Psalm 119, beginning at verse 9. How can a young man keep his heart, his way pure by keeping it in accord to your word? With all my heart have I sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. Your word have I treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With, with my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies as much as in, as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall never forget your word. How can, can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With Okay, and, he, and that so he's, he's repeated it there. Um, and so he says, understanding these words can assist me in doing a better job. If I would have truly believe these words i would have done a better job sooner i can't answer why you i didn't but i would have to say quite frankly that i didn't care i allowed other things to take priority not a good answer on my part and so jack says that uh, maybe there have been times in the past where he's allowed his priorities to slip and if we were honest with ourselves Britt, we could say that all about ourselves is there's been times we haven't taken our 
our responsibilities as a Christian, man or woman, and especially men tonight as we're talking about men, haven't taken those responsibilities seriously enough, and uh, we've not been the type of people and leaders that we should be as a result. All right, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Monty, any comments on that side of the table there? Well, I think some of the, one thing we need to think about is uh, this idea of honoring and cherishing our wife, as we read about in First uh, Peter chapter 3, verse 7. Uh, we need to treat our wives with honor. And what we need to remember is that if we come in from work tired and not feeling good, maybe we've had a bad day, if we come in and start throwing stuff around and, a uh, woman wears the supperette and this and that. We're not treating our wives with honor. We wouldn't want to be treated that way. You know, as we think about, I believe it's in Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus talked about what we refer to as the golden rule. I've got that. Yeah, no, that ain't it. I've got it wrote down somewhere. But anyhow, Jesus talked about doing to others as we'd have them do to us. Uh, we wouldn't quite like being treated most of the time or a lot of the time the way we treat our wives. And when we treat them the way that we wouldn't like, we're not treating them with honor and we're not treating them like someone that we cherish. Uh, we're just treating like there's somebody to use and throw away when we get through. And that's not the attitude we're to have at all. All right. Patrick in Alabama says this is a very broad question. Men are to be the leaders of their families. I have many responsibilities just in family life. This is aside from job responsibilities and civic responsibilities to my local community, the country, and the world. To say a few words about civic responsibilities, I have a duty to vote in a manner consistent with godliness. I have a duty to be a respectable citizen and pay taxes. To the extent I am able, I should be a blessing to my community. But I will focus on family life. I have a duty to be a leader of the family. But as Pope John Paul II taught, the man's headship of the family is one of service. God should be priority number one always, but after God, a married man's wife is his first priority. To love her and care for her and provide for her. After his wife are his children, a man has a responsibility to teach his children godliness and to be able to do things for themselves and prepare them for mature adulthood. He has a responsibility to provide for their physical and emotional and spiritual well-being. Even as an adult, a man still has certain responsibility to his parents to provide for them as needed in their old age and to give them due honor and respect. These may not be all of a man's responsibility in life, but these are among the most important. Even if these were a man's only responsibilities, it would be a very heavy burden to bear alone. Modern culture attempts to feminize men and make men make masculine women. Modern culture wants to corrupt the innocence and morals of even very young children and make them rebellious. Many of us come from families that were dysfunctional, and despite our best intentions, we struggle against the tendencies to act in dysfunctional ways we learned from our own families. We have pornography pushed upon us and made all too easily available. We have messages given to us from all directions that we ought to be trying to be a millionaire or should be working out so we have a six-pack abs and that we are, have to get as many women as possible into bed, and this all, brings it to, this all will make us happy. The sin of Adam has wreaked havoc upon the human family, and every human being is living proof of the existence of original sin that lives in each of us. We would disagree with that idea of original sin, but I'll go on with his email. Left alone, no one could stand against all that is against us, but God is sufficient. Therefore, the most important biblical and spiritual principle we can make uh, use of is, quote, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind, and to pray without ceasing. We need not to prostrate on the ground all day to pray constantly, but we should lean Uh, We should learn to be ever aware of the presence and power and love of God, and we should make time for personal time 
devoted to prayer every day. Prayer is our lifeline to God, in which he provides us with the power to overcome all temptation and to do good. Without prayer, our lives will dry up, and we will wither and die spiritually. Our lives will lose all meaning and hope and happiness. Even the smallest of burdens will become unbearable. Prayer, that is my answer. So thank you for your comments tonight, Pat. Monty? Well, another thing I think we need to remember is a lot of time people refer to our marriages as being a, a 50-50 proposition. But I think After would, these important messages, we'll ooh. be back to take your... Ah, there, we don't need that anymore. Go ahead, Monty. I'm sorry. But I think what we need to understand is that our marriage is a 100-100% proposition. I'm supposed to apply myself completely to it, as is my wife. And it might be even that at some time or another uh, that my wife is not physically capable of... Uh, you know, she may be sick or, or something like that, not capable of fulfilling her uh, duties or chores as a wife. And I need to be able to step up and go beyond my 100 percent and maybe do hers, too. So I think we need to have that attitude that we're going to do whatever it takes as far as humanly possible and beyond to make our relationship with each other be what it should be. And I think a lot of times as men, we have trouble with that. When we don't realize when we get married what a commitment that we are making toward the woman that we're marrying. But we're our commitment should be to completely and totally apply ourselves to seeing to it that her needs are met and that our family is as strong as God would have it to be. All right. We have a couple of responses from women tonight. We asked the question, what do men need to understand about their wives in order to dwell with them according uh, to understanding or to knowledge? Leanne in Cookville, Tennessee, says, in response to your question regarding the women, I think it is important for men to realize that God didn't make women to be the decision makers in the family. Women tend to be emotional in their thinking, and that doesn't always allow for clear judgment making. I think it is also important to point out that when a man refuses his role as head of the home in areas such as decision making, it creates a void that must be filled. When the wife has to fill that void, it puts her in a position that God didn't authorize. This situation can create turmoil in the home. As a husband allows his wife to rule over the family, and in many situations, the wife loses respect for her husband. So we do appreciate those comments, and a uh, man needs to understand that a wife needs him to lead. That's part of, uh, of an understanding about your wife. We need to understand that the wife needs us to uh, assume our position. And Gail in Columbia, Tennessee, writes in with uh, several re- re- responses. She says, a wives need the husband to lead as Christ leads the church, sacrificially through example, not logically. Christ does not submit to the authority of the church, but he did submit to the needs of the church and gave himself. The husband needs to submit to the wife's needs and vice versa. Number two, the wife's number one need is to have oneness, and there has to be communication to have that, just as the church can only know Christ and have unity with him through his word. Unity cannot be sacrificed for peace. All right? Um, So we should be one, she says. Uh, number, Number three, Honoring a wife includes being respectful to her, and this helps meet the need of unity. Uh, any attitude or language that the husband feels would be disrespectful for the wife to give him would be also dishonoring for her to give to, uh, for him to give to her. So don't say things about your wife you wouldn't want her saying about you. Excellent point. Uh, number four, we should understand that she needs to be cherished. As a leader, he should meet her needs first and not base his treatment of her on what he feels she deserves. Problems need solved in a godly manner. For example, the silent treatment and yelling are unscriptural and irresponsible. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, is, uh, and is not ruling well. 1 Timothy chapter 3, authoritarianism is abusive, doesn't cherish, and is not ruling well. Number five, she needs him to leave and cleave physically and emotionally, taking marital problems or decisions to the parents, breaks trust with the wife. Number six, the wife doesn't ex- expect to get her way, but she does 
need to know that her husband is considering her needs in a decision with as much weight as he does his own. And um, so we appreciate those comments from Gail tonight. I think we've gotten all the comments taken care of. Certainly had a great number of comments tonight. We do appreciate uh, all of the participation. Any final comments from anyone tonight? Britt, have any final comments? Thanks. I enjoyed it. All right. Bob, how about you? Anything about uh, our role as as men? Certainly is a huge task and a great responsibility. Yeah, and it's something that we, we've got to keep in our forefront of our thoughts every day that uh, it's a big responsibility that men have as they have a family unit to take care of. Monty, any comments in 15 seconds? If we're not doing what we're supposed to as uh, husbands and leading our families in the way that we should, then we've not only failed our family, but we've failed our God. And, you know, we're not being satisfactory to him. This role is God-given. And we God need to require it. And God required, and we need to assume it and, and be diligent in fulfilling that role. That's right. All right. Thank you all for your comments tonight, and thank you for listening to the program. We hope you've benefited from the things we've discussed tonight. We hope that you'll make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the, mean, in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.